Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back. We got another episode of Beyond Sunday, Mm -hmm. the podcast. Mm -hmm. Matthew 11. You ready to roll? I am. Okay. Guess what? No joke. No joke. Yes. See, God is answering my prayers. There you go. And that's why we pray. God hears us. Um, I I told two last week, so, you know, thought I met my quota for the month. I'll take off till March (laughs) whenever we're back at this. Uh, So, yeah, you get the day off. Um, But who was it? Dorcas. She told me she got both of them last week. Yeah. The what do you tell what do you call someone who believes twelve point five percent of the Bible an eighth theist? And uh I forget that's the other really one. good. But she said she got both of them. My sister got one of them. Really? Uh, I don't know which one it was. And then my mom thought it was funny that other people are starting to submit jokes. And she <laughs> yeah. I don't encourage that. Yeah, we should. It's one less thing I've gotta think it's, about. It's Just true. feed me these jokes. <laughs> as long as they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's fine. So yeah, we were in Matthew 11. Uh, we covered six, no, not 16, 19 verses. I know. Yeah. I don't enjoy that. Large text. So are you ready to dive into this? I am, yeah. Okay. I think so. So my first question for you is about John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. There's some debate as to whether John was doubting, right? Or whether it was someone mm-hmm. else or his disciples. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some people are going to say, John couldn't have been doubting. He's John the Baptist. He had seen the baptism, you Mm -hmm. know, from the womb, et cetera. His mom, like he had to have known. What's your take on that? In the the series, the ancient Christian commentary on the scriptures, and it's the ACCS. I don't know if I get all the the words right, but... Mm -hmm. That commentary set that I have, that black, the black cover, that that series, not one ancient interpreter uh, believed that John was doubting. Yeah, isn't None that of them. interesting? Yeah, because they they just said no. He just he just couldn't. So, but the evidence, though, um, and it's not so much. I don't know how you'd put this. It's not so much that he was doubting. He just didn't know whether Jesus was the one or not. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he was doubting that the Messiah couldn't save or wouldn't save. It's just, do I have the right one? Yeah. And there may be a little bit of a difference there. I sided, for, for that reading on Sunday, I sided with he was struggling, and partly because the text says he was the one asking. Mm-hmm. Not that the text doesn't say that he was asking on behalf of those who were doubting. So I thought, okay. But the other thing was when I alluded to Elijah, where here he is, the great prophet, yeah. and and he says, "Lord, why don't you just kill me?" Yeah, you know. So that was a good comparison. There's a you know there's an example of somebody who you would expect would have everything together spiritually, and he doesn't. Yeah. So I don't know. It is. It does seem odd to me because verse two reads, "When John heard in prison about the deeds of mm-hmm. Christ, yeah, the Christ, mm-hmm. then he sent word through his disciples." Mm-hmm. So what was he hearing about Jesus's, like, if mm. Jesus is doing things and he's hearing about them, I would almost think that would cause him to have confidence. Yeah. 
but you can also, I mean, uh, I think I would maybe side with where you did just because this is what the text says. Uh, you're not reading too much into it that John's having these mm-hmm. thoughts. Um, his whole life was based on getting this right, right? He, That's a great point. He had an understanding of that. So mm-hmm. I can imagine there's moments where he was thinking because of his circumstances, what if I got the wrong one, you know, yeah. and that would just probably create a yeah, yeah. thought in your mind that would be hard to shake. Yeah. And, and I mean, I mentioned it quickly. Uh, you and I were talking earlier, you know, we had to really, the pace had to stay uh, up for that, those minutes. But, um, you know, he is, he is the prophet, you know, he, he, he knows at the baptism what's going on. But that time lapse, it seems like, is when he's thinking, but, but where is the judgment part, not mm-hmm. just the blessing part? I see you're doing all these good miracles, but there's one major piece missing that I knew was, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't know if it was John Nolan or I think it was probably John Nolan. It could have been D.A. Carson. I read a couple of those guys almost every week just to check things and... Mm-hmm. One of those guys made reference to that, that that the blessing part was there, but the the judgment part was missing so far. And and, and John, of course, is the only one facing the judgment, and it's yeah. from the opposite side. So mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to know. Yeah, it is. Um, but either way, there's there is, I think, clearly some doubt whether it's his disciples or John, yeah. or you know the other people in the in the story. Yeah. Uh, even his disciples yep. don't seem to have it figured out. Um, and Matthew, remember, is sure. I mean, Matthew is crafting of this. Mm-hmm. Matthew is interested in one thing. I want to make sure my Christian readers are sure. Yeah. So let's at least. I mean, we can go into that rather than stay in the, you know, the very first century. Let's get mm-hmm. to Matthew and say. Um, I mean, I mean, the first, uh, and, and instead of just the characters in the story. Back in Jesus' day, John's day, let's get to Matthew's readers, mm-hmm. and he really does want them to be sure about Jesus. So that there's no question. Yeah, and so that that's a good segue to the next question. Um, what's caused you to doubt over the years? Yeah, I think that, uh, and I don't know if Michelle and I we might have talked about this a little bit. So I think that for me, I would be one of those that I haven't doubted. I, I don't think I've ever had a time when I've doubted my salvation. Mm-hmm. I haven't doubted that. But I remember distinctly, though, as a young high schooler, seeing the disconnect between church people that I knew and loved and the Christianity that I was learning about. Mm-hmm. And that disconnect caused me some issues. Okay, That was a time when, when I thought, you know, is this, is this what Christianity is? Mm-hmm. Which, which goes back to the issue of, you know, the way in which our church operates, the way in which this faith family operates is very important to certain people because they are getting a sense of, is this real or not, or is this uh, insincere? Mm-hmm. And so I do remember just having the, those, uh, those months where I thought, surely it has to be more than this. It's so, got to be more than this. Am I reading you right? You're saying the 
the Jesus and the faith that you're learning about as a high schooler. Yeah, just reading the Bible. Wasn't lining up with the lives of, quote, uh, Jesus followers. People that knew him well. Yeah. You know, people that were well advanced in years with him. Mm -hmm. But the lifestyle that I was seeing and, and watching in church just didn't have a sense of vibrancy about it. There wasn't a sense of life. Um, so mm -hmm. that was hard on me as a young person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for a while. Sure, it would yeah. be. Um, I made a short list myself, and that was on it. Um, for both myself and, I think, common things that people struggle with, yeah. even outside the faith, looking in. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a DC Talk song. There's a segment in one of them. Mm -hmm. our, our music folks will know that. Yeah. But it talks about one of the biggest things that causes unbelief is Christians, you know. Oh, my. Or hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one. Yeah. Um, uh, on a somewhat related uh, note there or answer, uh, I wrote down Christians who aren't honest about their doubt. So to yeah. put forth a, yeah. uh, and a confidence that isn't actually as confident as they're portraying it to be mm. would seem disgenuine too. So I even think just to have an honest discussion about things that we doubt is... You it's, know, it's helpful. Helpful, encouraging. And just remember that the difference between your generation and mine even, which is not that much, I mean, mm -hmm. but think of the difference between us. Uh, in my day, evangelicals, conservative Christians, fundamentalists, whatever term you'd like to use, yeah. didn't doubt. Right. Doubting was wrong. It, yeah, What's yeah. wrong with you? Mm -hmm. You should be sure. And, and, and there was no place for that. By the time you guys come around, mm -hmm. I think that's starting to go out at, and, and you're almost sensing, your generation almost senses that that can't be real. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. we have doubts. Yeah. So it's almost like your your generation is kind of that first generation to pick that apart and say, come on. Yeah. Come on. Let's be real about this. Right. And I, that's a good description. I think of the you know folks around my age or generation is uh, a... A strong pull to authenticity mm -hmm. and a really, um, you know, an aversion to people who are pretending. Yep. Um, and so, it grows. Actually, that grows stronger with the next generation after mm -hmm. you even. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'll finish off my list here. Mm -hmm. Things that have caused oh, me good, to yeah. doubt over the years. Yeah. Uh, in some ways, some of the discrepancies in scripture that we come mm -hmm. across. Yep. I think to be intellectually honest about some of them is more helpful to me yeah. than to just give blanket, you know, yeah, that there's no reason yeah. to question anything That's you helpful. Know, about manuscript stuff and, yeah. and whatever. Um, I, let me just jump in quickly on sure. that one from mm -hmm. next level this yeah. past Sunday. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we talked about was back in, back again, uh, back in my day, let's, so let's say the mid eighties when we were studying the gospels harmonization was a big deal. Mm -hmm. So you have four Gospels, but let's make sure we can harmonize all accounts. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden, you know, move forward some years and we're learning, I think we've learned better, don't do that mm -hmm. because there are differences in the accounts, mm -hmm. but they're there on purpose and they're, they're serving a theological agenda and so yeah. forth. So mm -hmm. to, um, you know, like you say, how, how do you deal with those quote discrepancies or I think we're I think we're more honest about those. Yeah. That does not that does not take away from the inspiration of scripture or the 
the authority of Scripture or any of that, but mm-hmm. it just has a different way of understanding, you know, why do the Gospels read the way they do, or why does First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles read the way they do at times? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I just got done teaching that Next Level class, too, yeah. on, his, on the Scriptures. scriptures. Um, and uh, one of the things I think and I hope I was clear on is that despite some of these surface level discrepancies, mm-hmm. when you actually then start to go digging deeper, you find really satisfactory answers to them. Um, but that would be, I think, something that, you know, someone who's starting to do some research and actually having, you know, uh, doubts, you might call them, that's something they can they could struggle with. Um, oh, for sure. Uh, number two on my list was prosperity of the wicked. And kind of along with that, mm-hmm. just kind of the thought like, I'm devoting my life to this. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like what I said with John the Baptist earlier, like he was committed yeah. Yeah. to this. And did I get it wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, am, am I committing my life to something and all of mm-hmm. the things that go along with, you know, a biblical faith, mm-hmm. you know, marriage and family and, and, and work. And, and Herod can get away with what he's getting away with, yeah. with marriage and family. And you just think. And he's the one that put me here. Mm-hmm. And so just that thought, is this legitimate? Like, is this for real? And you would have biblical support, right? So Mm -hmm. I believe, if I remember correctly, Psalm 78 records that author saying, you know, I saw the prosperity of the wicked and my feet almost slipped. Mm -hmm. But then I went into the sanctuary and I saw their end. Mm -hmm. But it's not their end, but it's their current existence prospering that you're mm-hmm. saying the flourishing of the mm-hmm. wicked now that can cause doubt. And the biblical author records that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's comforting too. Yeah. And then the final one here is just sometimes how the Bible is so countercultural and goes against some of the worldviews mm. that are impressed on me. And so just this thought mm. of, man, it would be easier if the Bible didn't say some of the things it says, like yeah. that would make things a little smoother it in w- my life. It would make me make me as a person more palatable uh, yeah. um, to the secular world. And so, you know, yeah. just having those things kind of swirling around sometimes, yeah, um, you know, can cause you to yeah. pause yep. and, and think and doubt. Yeah, that's a great list. I really that's that's super helpful. To just to think that through, because I know that, you know, you might be one of those uh, that finds yourself with either something on that list or you add to that list, but it's more real. Yeah. I'd rather our faith family hear that. If you have doubts, be honest about them and get with someone. As I said, don't go outside of here. What, what are you going to, what are you going right. to, how are you going to get help out there? Get help in here. Yeah. With yeah. the rest of us doubters at times. Yeah. And, and you're in good company. You are. Right. And yeah. John is a great example, I think, of that. Mm-hmm. And so take take heart that yeah. John's been in that boat yeah. and uh, came out on the other side of yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, if we're talking to people um, who are on the outside, right, and their potential doubts, and you said, you know, if someone asked you, how would you answer someone who's doubting, you would, you know, you follow the kind of pattern here, the playbook in Matthew 11, and you'd say, I'd ask them if they believe the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now the question is, 
what if the Old Testament is the reason that some of them Mm -hmm. are having doubts? Yeah, it's a great question. I think what you have to do there is you have to you have to be able to spend time with them to say this Old Testament is portraying a God who is like this. Mm-hmm. Because remember the reaction against the Old Testament is God can't be like this. Mm-hmm. So that's that's going to be a tough assignment. And and as I said, uh, if they have ears to hear, you got to you you'll be able to move forward and say look at what scripture says, do you believe this about God our creator and what he has to do now to recreate what mankind has ruined. Uh, but boy, that's a hard one. And if there's no ears to hear, there's no way it's impossible for you to help a person understand the Old Testament because it mm-hmm. all points to Jesus. I mean, Jesus said that himself. Yeah. So uh, then another question came in mm-hmm. along that same you know mm-hmm. line of thought. Should we even bother then trying to convince someone if... It's impossible to convince someone who doesn't have ears. Like, how do you kind of feel your way through that? Yeah, I, I at the first, I mean, at the first indication of of what would you call it pushback or the first indication or evidence of they're not willing to hear this, mm-hmm. it's the time to back off. So, because there's no way now to reason from the scriptures, right? So what's what's left? I think what's left is, can you still love them as a neighbor? Mm-hmm. And may that be enough to 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 be uh, part of the workings of God in their life, where they begin to soften toward you, and potentially now that's the Holy Spirit softening their heart towards Him, and towards the gospel. But if you keep arguing with them when you know that there's pushback, you're just you're just pushing them away totally, mm-hmm. and you and it's and it's a losing battle. So yep. I appreciate whoever's you know picking up on that. Uh, we're not going to reason someone into the kingdom, so I'm not going to waste my breath on any type of as soon as they're as soon as they tell me they don't, they're not ready to listen to it, right. I know whether God is there or not. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's just a matter of timing. Right. Do I wait? I, I just wait. Right. And so you're what you're saying is they're not going to probably, although they might come out and say, all right, mm-hmm. I'm done with this conversation. Mm-hmm. But you're going to sense whether or not they're open, receptive, or yeah. whether they're kind of putting up the fence and saying, yeah. no, 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 this is the, the way. You and I both you and I both have been at this long enough now to know what that feels like with professing Christians. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about some of our conversations that we've had with faith family members that that are tough conversations, mm-hmm. and you can see it on their face. You can tell by their reaction, verbal, nonverbal, whether or not they're actually taking this in. Yeah. And sometimes they're not ready for this, whatever this is that we're having to tell them. Mm-hmm. So you know what that's like. Yeah. And I don't think that necessarily, though, as far as like an apologetic or a love for apologetics, mm-hmm. I don't think that dismisses apologetics. I think no. We we've appreciated and really benefited from some of the apologetics over the years. Yeah, but I think in a lot of ways, one of the benefits from those guys uh, or girls mm-hmm. has been uh, a helpful, you know, establishment for those who are in the body already. Yeah. You know, or um, on the fence. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what uh, my old professor Norm Geisler, who was one of the primary 
apologist of the day back then, very well-respected, well-known, writing on the subject matter. He was the one who told us in class that apologetics is best suited for the person who's on the fence because that person is not quite, but almost, maybe this can help them. Yeah. That was his take on it. Yeah. Yeah, you're usually, if not ever, going to win the person who's there for a debate. They're just no. not there for a... No. They don't have ears at that moment. Exactly. Um, all right. Final question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually kind of two parts. Okay. What would you say to the doubting Johns right, who are listening? <laughs> and then what would you say to the the spoiled kids uh, who we see at the end of the yeah. passage? The doubting Johns, I, I, I do really, I, I mean, I go back to this text and I thought it was so interesting that Jesus just answered with scripture. So he, he just said, let me, let me tell you what God said, and I'm fulfilling that. So ultimately, do I believe that, that Jesus is the Messiah based upon Old Testament scriptures, prophecies? Mm-hmm. So, I, so I, I would say to the doubting Johns, keep reading your Bible. Mm-hmm. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God is usually used in the context of evangelism. Mm-hmm. But in this case, we're using it in the context of maturing, uh, blossoming, uh, gaining courage, gaining encouragement. Um, faith still comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So where do you get faith? Well, you have to read the record. So I, I, I think that's what I would say. Just mm-hmm. keep reading. If you're the Doubting Johns, keep reading. Keep reading your Bible and ask the Lord to speak to you. Yeah. You know, tell him that you're doubting. Let him know what you're looking. I'm seeking you. Reveal yourself to me and do it humbly uh, because mm-hmm. you're dealing with God, you know. Mm-hmm. The spoiled and the spoiled ones. Yeah, which we haven't touched on. No, and I, I do think that, you know, in every one of us, there's this tendency to expect jesus to act certain ways and we're disappointed when he doesn't but that flips the role so i think spoiled Mm. children like us like me at times i have to revisit he's my king Uh, i don't dictate anything to him i just simply say what do you want me to do how can i help you how can i serve you that's really I, i think for spoiled children is you know you're not making you're not calling the shots with him Mm-hmm. He's the he's God, so that would be my answer to the, uh, you know, at the end with the, um, you know, to, uh, verse sixteen. But, but to what shall I compare this generation? It's like children, you know. You didn't, mm-hmm. you, you know, we we expect we did this and you didn't respond. We did this and you didn't respond. What's wrong with you? And even to marry those two for those who are doubting and saying, God, I expect you to respond in a certain way. Um, maybe you shouldn't expect him to respond in the way that you want him yeah. to because you aren't the boss. Yeah. You could hear someone, and I heard this just recently, you could hear a well-meaning Christian say, God, I could really use a sign from, a strong sign from you. Mm-hmm. I don't ask you to do that much, but I could sure use one. But if you don't, you know, yeah. even even the attitude of saying it that way is not demanding. It's no. this would really help. Maybe there's if you times when he's merciful, and he does. He does, and he comforts us in that. Yeah, but 
He doesn't always. No. And you're right about the, the attitude in, mm-hmm. in saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, good. All right. Anything else to for the good of the order? No? No, I got to stop. No jokes? No jokes. <laughs> Not for me. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> That would have been fun. (laughs) All right, good. Well, if you have any questions uh, about this episode or about uh, the sermons on Sunday, you can email your questions in to podcast at cbcmj.com. Oh, that's great. I get the same response out of this guy every time (laughs) I say that. He looks over here. It's my version of the joke. (laughs) (laughs) so that's what they do when they have questions they just send them in podcast at cbcmj.com technology is amazing it is amazing uh email i don't know how it works i wish it didn't work sometimes but it does pastoral ministry was a lot easier before all this technology worked i believe it i was without the (laughs) internet for like five days there you go it was great yeah it was great yeah you loved it played a lot of sequence (laughs) (laughs) all right love you guys see you on sunday thanks again for joining us on today's episode And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.